you know, aspirin, chemists didn't just invent the structure of aspirin in a vacuum, right? And this is really, really important. Chemists like just willow don't... trees, right? Isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying bark. to bring back my. Uh... See. There we go. See. I still so, got it. but our ancient ancestors forever have used willow bark to help natural analgesic properties, pain killing properties, soothing properties. And so, what do you do when you extract the willow bark? And like you do for lavender flowers, you get like willow essential oil. Well, there are ways where you can chemically manufacture that, right? Create like a little shiny white pill and call it aspirin now. Mm -hmm. And when you go back to combat medicine, World War I, World War II, this was before the antibiotic was invented. This was before Neosporin. They used essential oils on the front lines. Mm -hmm. And it was just medicine, mm -hmm. bottom line. It's been medicine that our ancestors have used forever. And as our technology has advanced, so the potency thereof has advanced. Right, because steam distillation wasn't invented till like a thousand years ago, so they didn't have what you know. Five thousand years ago, people didn't have what we have today. But anyway, at the end of the day, when you think of it in those terms, um, it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense that we go back to nature instead of going to the aspirins and going to the pharmaceutical route first, because the problem is every drug that's created has a side effect. There are no drugs that are free, void, and go look at the label. Right, go like at the litany of lists that you get when you go to the pharmacy. When you use essential oils, just like when you're eating food, it's just like eating food. There are no side effects if you eat them properly. Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people are really, really funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA All-Star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Man, here we are again. Again. You and me. Another week. Another week. Another day. Another, Another podcast. Wow. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, so we have a fun one today. A lot, we're going to learn about like this idea of like natural living, essential oils, all that kind of stuff, right? Yes. So today we are interviewing uh, Dr. Eric and Sabrina Zelinsky, and they are actually authors of many books, but they recently uh, co-authored a book called Essential Oils Diet. Um, they also have a podcast called Natural Living Family Podcast. Um, so yeah, they are like, they. I mean, they, were, they are referred to as Dr. Z and Mama Z or the essential oils guy. Um, mm -hmm. They just are kind of in this whole world of natural healing. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's a, it's, they're, they're a lot of fun. I came in, I was a little bit of a skeptic, maybe. You're usually the skeptic, but I'm kind of like, I'm not into the essential oils. I will say... I one, you learned. Did you learn? Well, I learned a lot. A couple things before we get into like yeah. the exact episode. Um, you were nervous. I've used essential oils one time in my life. <laughs> There's one consistent place I use essential oils. I didn't say this, but it's true. Only at Westin hotels. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they they put a little thing right to the, next to the, the lavender bed. oil. Lavender right? oil. It's the only place that I that I've seen it. But every time it's there, I always use it on my wrists. I guess that's what they tell you to do. Which is funny because I'm not like an essential oil guy, but I do it there because it's there. And you love it. I kind of like it. I don't know if it helps my sleep or not, but I 
I do it every time. It's there, and I always do it. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> I did. I was at an West. I was in a Weston by myself. Uh, all the all week. the people with that are like all into essential oils are like rolling their eyes at you right now. Right. <laughs> and all the rest of us that are not into essential oils normally roll your eyes at that. So I know. Anyway, we should we should just have an open mind. It's of like learning. Right, which is which I had in this episode, and I, think I do. You and now there's all different ways that people kind of think about natural living, and these natural has become a marketing term for a lot of things. For you specifically, natural means what? Oh gosh, what are you talking about? Not taking showers. Well, that's what you would say. <laughs> Why are you going to throw me under the bus with this shower thing? Well, it is something we, uh, it's a, it's a common denominator. I just believe in the natural biosphere, everybody. So we can go in on it, but we're not going to, because today we are talking about this podcast. Good Lord, Jeffrey. Oh, uh, with Dr. Z and Mama Z. So tell everybody today, what should we be listening for? Uh, three things. Let's do it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. First off, uh, hashtag skinny Santa. That story is the best. It's a great story. The second thing is pageants. Um, yeah, Dr. Z has become a fan about pageants. It's well, kind of a different way to look at it, Because right? of Mama Z. Yeah. So we're going to hear all about that. Which I actually really love that story. It's very at the very, very end. Um, oh, and one last thing. Because I'm new to essential oils, the only time I've used it is in Weston's. <laughs> oh my clear. gosh. Is uh, they gave me a recipe for a detox bath. A recommendation for just for you. Yeah. Are, we gonna, are you going to do it? Um, yeah. Okay. So at some point, everybody, you're going to have to have a pen and write down this recipe. A recipe for great. a detox bath. All right, so here we go. Today we have Dr. Eric and Sabrina Zelinsky. My pastor, he said, you know, if you look around this church and all you see is a bunch of nerds, then you pray that God bring your husband in. So I started praying, you know, <laughs> and one day I look over and I see this guy and uh, I said to the older lady next to me, I said, who is that? He is hot. So he was and not in the nerd category. Not in the- <laughs> no, no. Okay. and they weren't nerds. They were like they were like more like brothers, yeah, friends, I gotcha. like that. Some you know? of them might be listening. You, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so funny because um, he had seen me before. I didn't know, but because I hadn't seen him until I sat down, and um, she said, "Well, I think he's with that youth group over there." You know, I said, gosh, he looks older than youth group. You know, I was in my late 20s. So um, I was hoping he was older than youth group. And uh, then uh, he happened to walk by me on the way out. Didn't say anything to me. Nope. I was washing windows. Nope. He said nothing to me. And so the next time um, I went to church, I just happened to be talking to this lady. And he happened to be talking to her husband. And uh, and then I was like, hi, I'm Sabrina, you know. And by the end of the night, he was washing windows with me. And. And uh, we literally met in June, got engaged in September, and married in December of 2006. Wow. Whirlwind. Yes. Yes. So. 13 years later, here we are. Four babies. Four babies. 13 years and four babies. That's amazing. 
so both of you guys are definitely involved in, you know, natural health remedies and things. How did that even start? Well, my mom is a culinary herbalist and she um, has been a member of the International Herb Association. And so I traveled with her everywhere and she would present about lots of different things. And I would get to sit under a lot of the holistic medicine Mm -hmm. because she was a culinary aspect, but I got to hear lots of great speakers and her best friend um, is an Ojibwa Indian. And so from a very young age, she talked to us about holistic and medicinal medicine using essential oils, teas, tinctures, and herbs herbs as a form of medicine. Hmm. And what about you, Eric? Yeah, for me, I was, I was just the regular, you know, unhealthy kid raised in the eighties, um, bologna craft singles and wonder bread. And <laughs> what is know, that cheese that, uh, cheese with. Yes. <laughs> straight to the mouth. You know, um, nerds candy. I and mean, we were talking about nerds a lot today. Uh, uh yeah, I just, I just wasn't healthy. And, I wasn't, I was raised in Metro Detroit and my mom and dad did the best they could, you know, a couple fruits and vegetables here, canned spinach and frozen yuck, whatever we used to eat fish sticks. And, and it brought me to a point where, you know, long and the whole short of it was I ended up developing some, some health concerns, some health issues, cystic acne. I ended up getting on Accutane, which is known as the um, suicide drug. Uh, Lo and behold, a few years later, I started, uh, diving into deep clinical depression, had suicidal thoughts and chronic pain throughout my body. And I was lost emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. And I had, um, I had a, just a spiritual epiphany that I really didn't take care of myself. And how old were you when this happened? 23. Okay. And yep. That was when I became a Christian and that was when my health journey started. And it's been now 16 years since that. And then lo and behold, I just started taking care of myself. And then people would make fun of me when I would walk into, you know, the office with my big old thing of green juice. And they're like, what are you drinking today, Eric? You know, and, but you know, who do you think they went to when, when they got sick? Like, Hey, what do you think? I got something. (laughs) So I started coaching people, helping people unprofessionally. If that makes sense. Like without, I wasn't charging and, and it was a passion. And so long and the short of it is, we found the passion through going down to Georgia to study being a chiropractor. And that opened up a door that we didn't even know would exist online. And now we've been doing this professionally for about five years. And it's been unbelievable, unbelievable um, what has happened out in the health world that has opened up the door for Mm -hmm. us to truly um, encourage and inspire people because most people very, you know, proverbial, they're like sheep without a shepherd in the health space right now. Mm-hmm. And people just don't know. They forgot how to eat. They forgot how to grow their own food. They forgot how to take care of their kids mm-hmm. or maybe not forgot, but they were never taught. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing some really basic back to earth kind of nature stuff that mm-hmm. people love, absolutely yeah. love. Yeah. So, and the two of you are in this together, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. And we each have different components, which is great because like I'm gardening, I'm like barefoot in the garden, you know, and out there and really like teaching that kind of stuff. I'm more your practical application girl, the Mm -hmm. recipes, Mm -hmm. um, the DIY. And he's like all the science and amazing stuff behind other things. But he and I are able to work together because we each have our own strengths, which has been super fun to be able to do it together. Now, I'm sure you guys never disagree. Agree in your approaches or in your and you're opinions. always on the same page, right? 
like it's yeah. right. It's easy. It's easy working together, right? You know, we we have a podcast. It's called the Natural Living Family Podcast, and it has been our opportunity just to share our story with people. And it's just us. We don't interview people. It's just me and Sabrina, kind of in our basement studio, just chatting. And and second episode is how it's a tale of balance. How an eating disorder meets a health fanatic. And that's really our story. We're extreme in opposite polar ends. Like I'm extreme. Like when I learn something, I'm like, okay, let's do it yesterday. And Sabrina's like, okay, let's kind of transition this. And so we've had a lot of issues. Like right now we're, you know, there are certain things like we're kind of arguing about with health and she's like, well, yeah, let's transition. And I'm like, no, no, no. I make like, if I learn something, let's do it. And <laughs> implementation. So, dealing with like kids and yes. stuff like that, it's a lot easier to transition things yes. um, than it is to just, you know, do stuff because it might be really good in theory, but walking it out and having to live with the day to day of making changes that other people aren't happy with, you know, are a little bit crazy. And it's interesting because when you take two passionate people, it can either be um, fireworks or a fight, right? So oh, we know, um, <laughs> we know. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, it's good. I mean, it's good because we are such passionate people. Like there's, you know, never going to be like a time where we're like just not passionate about anything. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think that it goes with the pl- the pluses and the, the negatives, but it's all good really in the end because we're just sharpening each other, you know? Yeah. How do you guys work through those moments? Like when it, like when, cause you, uh, we, Andre and I are very passionate people too. We are <laughs> and very, we're opposites. very opposite, very strong willed, very, we, and we, because we care, like we care very deeply about what we do, why we do it, how we do it, all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those, and I loved how you, exa- the example you gave about when, when it plays out with your kids, the approach mm-hmm. might be a little mm-hmm. different. So I'd love to play that out for a scenario that you could share with us, maybe a story or something that talks, you know, that you can share about how you guys had two approaches, especially as you transition your theories and the way that you live into your children. Well, uh, when you're talking about like food per se, let's say like there is a different um, level of, you know, knowledge that comes into place and the, it might be great in theory, but with kids, they're used to a very routine routine type of thing. And they look forward to certain things. And if you just take something away right away, then, um, whether it's, you know, healthy or there's like a good replacement or whatever it is, then, you know, the person that does the taking away is the one that has to answer all the questions, even if they're not the one that decided to do that. So because of that, um, and this she's is the, the bad guy. Uh, yeah. So then I get to be she's the bad guy, but the he's really the bad guy, right? right? He's right. the one that said so, it. Um, yeah. So the They'll thing is, know. is that <laughs> when you, when, let's say it was something that you just phased out, but then you introduce something else that's new, there's going to be like a time period of change. And I think it's really important because then for them, if they had something else to look forward to, you know, in their diet or whatever it happened to be. And it wasn't just something all of a sudden, well, why are we doing that? Well, we like that. We don't like when you do that, you know, and then you have like people really not happy with you. And so there's just a proper, decent and an order way to like walk it out. And because he's such the extreme, I always am going to take the, the road of, all right, let's just give it a minute. You know, we want to make sure this is something we want to do as well. And, you know, this is how we walk it out. 
because I think that is just as important. And I'm sure you can relate. I love how he's just so unapologetic. He's like, yes, yes. That is one way of answering. Another way of answering is, what do you do when your spouse isn't on board with you? Yeah. And that's important. That's and a I, really good question. I think that's key because I think there's so many people out there that they're just totally on different planes in the health right. health field. And it, it can seem like nagging. Know. Everything. But yeah, yeah it, right. but it, there's a lot of nagging, right? It, it can yeah. go into this like nitpicky nagging thing. So what, what do y'all have? I mean, like how many people, especially in the South, how many people have split homes, Georgia, Georgia State, Catholic, <laughs> Protestant, you know, vegan, carnivore. I mean, everything. It's just a matter. And I've learned lessons and the best example I could give is with the very first thing that happened that was very hard for me was that when we became pregnant, she became pregnant with our first baby. We never, we didn't have that in the prenup. We didn't talk about the birth plan. And we don't have a prenup. By okay. so we, we, didn't, we didn't talk about the birth plan when we had our whirlwind six month romance before we got married. Right. And, and so she's like, it's my body. I'm going to do all the ultrasounds. I'm going to give birth in a hospital. I'm going to give the baby vaccines. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I was like, no, you're not. And she's like, yes, I am. I'm like, this is my baby too. That was bad. It was bad. Don't do that. You know, and not to open up the Pandora's box with vaccines, but you know, vaccines are a huge issue right now. It's heated. And it's very emotional. It's very personal. And we were on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. But through a pretty cool, bizarre set of circumstances in her seventh month of pregnancy, she came around. But it was in her timing, not mine. And I had to let go. That's the whole purpose. I had to like, okay. And I, I literally just started praying. And I went to my friends. I'm like, we just got to, I, I can't do this anymore. Like it was emotionally taxing. Went to my close friends, my mentors. And it was like, hey, let's just pray let it up, meditate, just give it up. Just don't worry about it. And it happened. And so the thing is, is you have to trust. You have to trust your spouse that he or she will do what's right in the end. And now she is an avid like home birth doula slash lactation consultant. And she, she is embraced. But at the end of the day, I do feel I was maybe a step ahead in that space. But she's also been step ahead in other areas where she's had to be patient with me. But that's the key. Just if you chose that person, you need to trust that person mm. and for good or for not so good at times, because the season mm -hmm. might be challenging while you're trusting them. But in the end, you know, we're all under construction, so to speak. So we need to give each other a little bit of time and space to walk into our own. Mm. That's good. Right. Well, and, and in that situation, um, a lot of the preconceived things um, that I had felt regarding birth, I would ask certain questions that like, just because my background and all of that didn't make any sense of why things would be done in a certain way like this in the hospital setting or whatever, like didn't make sense just because of my background. And then I realized really the only way that I would have ultimate control over what I wanted was um, to have the baby at home. And so we've had all four babies at home in our hot tub. And um, the transition to life here on earth has been very easy and um, has been really good as well. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I think, I mean, I think it's an interesting example that you shared because it's just, uh, I guess from my standpoint in our, in our marriage, I, you were more interested in natural birthing practices and, you know, every scenario is different, but, and I was kind of just like uneducated in, in total. So I think it's kind of, uh, 
maybe more often the man is less educated than the woman and that so it's interesting to hear your story um so what would you say to somebody um well definitely you guys work together i mean this is your thing together your book your kind of consulting all that you're doing together how has that been uh how has that impacted your marriage how's that impacted your family how are you enjoying that? What's the difficulties? Talk about that. Well, um, it's uh, it's been actually really good for our marriage, and the podcast has almost been like redating for the first time. Yeah, it's been fun. It, you know, like in retrospect, when you like look back at memories, you you always like harness the positive, and you kind of blow over like some of the other stuff, even mm-hmm. though you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like you're not like emotionally connected to it anymore. So, um, it that's it's been really good to like go back over a lot of that stuff. And because I still really manage the household, he really manages the businesses. And then us together, we meet in the middle and we're able to do what we do. But sometimes um, the challenges of it is I might only get to see him for stretches of the day when we're on interviews. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's fun. But it's fun. <laughs> it's like a fun time, you know? It's, fun. it's like dating. So we like, so because of that, we purposely date each other. We purposely set aside mm-hmm. time to go on dates, to go painting, to go bowling, to do all kinds of crazy stuff, play frisbee golf. And, um, and just like doing that is so important. Like, and we will have like, we'll be like, all right, well in an hour, we'll, I'll meet you for a date in the sauna, you know? And, uh, and then we'll like work out and stuff. And, uh, so it's kind of fun. We've made it work really well. Like I remember when my dad retired and came home and I was like, mom, so, so you've been home all these years, you know, working your business and doing that. Uh, are you going to get sick of him? And she's like, I, I remember at first she goes, I don't know. <laughs> and then they transitioned it. And then what they did is they started their day, like going out to the gym. And then my dad was like, you know what? You made breakfast for all those years. I'm going to be the breakfast guy. Yeah. So yeah, then they like changed their roles. And then that would give her a chance to take a shower instead of having to wait till all the breakfast was done. And, you know, I, I watched them just like have a totally different relationship in that transition. And so I was the same thing. We had an office outside of the home and I was like, oh man, what's it going to be like now that he's there? And, um, I stay out of your way. And, and yeah, like we, we like, you know, you, you we, set boundaries. That's the key. Yeah. And it, oh, it's, yeah. Set tell boundaries. Us about, oh, no, tell she, us about these boundaries. No, she is very controlling in a yes. sense. Like, like I can't be downstairs until like eight o'clock in the morning because she needs her morning time and yep. she does her thing and she gets the kids ready. Like she's very like if her, like if you move structure, like one, structure. Yeah. But yeah, if you I move really one structured. thing, like five degrees clockwise, her whole like chi just goes out of whack, right? (laughs) I've learned to embrace that, but she, you've set your boundaries that I've been very respectful of. He is like the candy to our baby, our two and a half year old. That's not at school. They love me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The fun one. I am. I am. Yeah. So like, because it's like, as soon as he walks in the room, daddy, you know, and it's like, it goes like chaos, you know? So we have to like manage it in that like, it's easier for him to like work upstairs if he's going to do certain things where he's just physically there 
or downstairs. So making sure that we just know where each other's at mm-hmm. and communicate because we have to communicate not only our schedules, but what we're doing, what the day entails and yeah. what's needed of us for that day. And if it happens to be, and this, you know, when we were first married, like we, I would have host a dinner party for all these people. And all of a sudden that morning, he would decide to like make the biggest breakfast and make the biggest mess in the kitchen. Well, you learn each other after a while that, you know, like, like the kitchen is closed for the <laughs> moment right here. And it works because when you have those parameters in place, you know, okay, we are having a lot of people over. So we know that that means that daddy's going to take kids out to do something fun where they don't have to be like just stuck in front of a TV. They're out doing something physical and we kind of know each other's pluses and minuses. That's good. All right. So, all right. I have not used essential oils in life, but, okay. so, but you have, but maybe yeah. I have, but maybe don't I have, know it. and I don't even, don't know. even realize it. So let's, <laughs> so I'm your Guinea pig. The person that knows nothing, knows nothing. Yes. And, um, is intrigued by it. Like, honestly, like interested in, in this path and how it could help my health and how it could, I don't know, just help life in general. So where yeah. do, where would, if I, if I was interested in this, where would I begin? What's a starting place uh, of, of kind of entering into this natural health space? Well, first, what is it? What are they? Yes. Um, when you put your nose into a rose to smell, that's the essential oil. Hmm. When you cut a lemon or a lime to make a drink or you want to eat an orange, you cut that, that's the essential oil when you smell the aroma in the air. Anything that you smell in nature, that's called a volatile organic compound, meaning that he it evaporates, right? And so you have to distill it down. So you get a lot of plant matter. Show you a bottle. Like this little bottle you're looking at has about 60 pounds of lavender in it. And so you get 60 pounds of lavender flowers, you distill it, and this is what you get. And you got about, what, 300 drops in here. So one thing, okay, so that's cool. We get the plant idea now, right? Now, what does it mean medicinally? You know, aspirin, chemists didn't just invent the structure of aspirin in a vacuum, right? And this is really, really important. Chemists like just willow don't... trees, right? Isn't it? Yeah, I'm willow trying to bark. bring back my. Uh... See, there we go. See, I still so, got it. but our ancient ancestors forever have used willow bark to help natural analgesic properties, pain killing properties, soothing properties, and so. What do you do when you extract the willow bark? And like you do for lavender flowers, you get like willow essential oil. Well, there are ways where you can chemically manufacture that, right? Create like a little shiny white pill and call it aspirin now. Mm-hmm. And when you go back to combat medicine, World War One, World War II, this was before the antibiotic was invented. This was before Neosporin. They used essential oils on the front lines. And it was just medicine, bottom line. It's been medicine that our ancestors have used forever. And as our technology has advanced, so the potency thereof has advanced, right? Because steam distillation wasn't invented till like a thousand years ago. So they didn't have what, you know, 5,000 years ago, people didn't have what we have today. But anyway, at the end of the day, when you think of it in those terms, um, it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense that we go back to nature instead of going to the aspirins and going to the pharmaceutical route first, because the problem is every drug that's created has a side effect. There are no drugs that are free, void, and go look at the label, right? Go look at the litany of lists that you get when you go to the pharmacy. When you use essential oils, just like when you're eating food, it's just like eating food. 
there are no side effects if you eat them properly. Well, you know, there are side effects of eating apples. If you eat 20 apples a day, you're going to get diarrhea. That's a side effect. (laughs) Same thing with essential oils. If you use essential oils the right way, there are no side effects. So just think of it in that sense. What do you think Jeff needs to use? He's a stressed out entrepreneur and he, and he is constantly on the go. He, um, I would say mostly stressed. <laughs> so, you know, what thanks I for pigeonholing me. In that. I, I I'm just that. trying to like bring it to him, you know, to, no, uh, well, I'm it trying to bring good. it like you know to the like, practicals, like what you're talking about. I'll let Sabrina answer that. That's exactly how we guide people to start. You yes. start with your quote pain point. It's low libido. It's I can't sleep. It's I'm sore. It's I'm tired. It's whatever stressed. You go from there. And then you start, because again, what are you going to do? That's You're going to go to the doctor and they're going to give you Xanax or they're going to mm-hmm. give you something. Well, in the same mindset, use essential oils like you would a pharmacy and start. So Mama Z, what do you so, got? So, you know, when he and I first got together, he thought that essential oils was just smelly stuff under the counter. But then he started learning all of the stuff behind it. And then as soon as he started learning all of the medical data and all the stuff supporting, then it was like, oh, well, I have this. Uh, So let's try this or this or this or essential oil. The research says that it works. So wherever your points are. So if we would have met in person just by intuitively knowing, like I would have made you a joyful blend, my joyful blend. And I would have actually made you my sweet sleep blend because some of what happens when you're stressed out um, is that you just, you need to have good quality sleep. And I don't know if you guys wear an aura ring or anything like that. That's one way that you can measure like what you're actually getting sleep wise. But um, it's a good measure because, you know, sometimes it's that we haven't had enough sleep when we've needed it in a, in a time that being a business owner and doing all that we do, um, we just might not be getting as quality of sleep. So if we look at, um, our needs, yeah. like I would say, you know, definitely do a detox bath. Yes. Give them the recipe. Cause the, that, that the recipe a- for a <laughs> detox bath. <laughs> Everybody um, start writing this down. Yeah. Yes. It's in our first book. And by the way, the healing power of essential oils, my first bestseller, the healing power of essential oils. Um, you can get on Amazon for like 12, 13 bucks. Um, that anyone that's looking for like a prescriptive type of, I have this, what do I do type of guide? That's it. Like almost 200 different recipes, many of which are hers, but this detox bath is in the book, but I'll let you give it because this needs to be, you know what? It's self-love. It's pampering. It's taking a minute and you have to stop as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You have to get in control of the schedule instead of the schedule getting control of yeah. you. That's why I hired a personal trainer because it's in my schedule now and I have money on the line. I'm not going to mess it up like this. This interview, it's in my schedule. We invested our time and energy and money into this, right? Just think of it in those terms. I'm not going to skip this interview. So I'm not going to skip my sauna time, my detox bath. I'm not going to skip my personal training time. So Right. It's a and, good recipe she and, came and, up with. and it is really good self-love. Yeah. And you some as a business owner, you absolutely have to put it in your thing. Even calendar. even um yeah, in your calendar. And even if it if what you know floats your boat is massages, then making sure that you regularly schedule that because one might like get oh you out boy. of a pickle. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> Keep talking. I kind of like this. I am this. giving I'm, you permission to schedule a regular <laughs> massage <laughs> over month. there. Yes. Once a month. Are you okay, hold on. Hold Dang on. It. We are going to get on all these things, but let's hold on. 
I'm, I know that there's a lot good to at say. self-love and I know that I there's a like lot it's... to say, but hold on. Say your detox <laughs> recipe <laughs> real quick. Let's do it. Everybody's yes, got okay, their the pens The detox up. bath is one cup of Epsom salts, a fourth of a cup of Bragg apple cider vinegar. And then in your hand, you want to put one tablespoon of carrier oil, like fractionated coconut oil, um, olive oil, sunflower oil, um, almond oil. And then you want to use one to two drops of lemon essential oil and six to eight drops of lavender. And lavender is twofold. Lavender helps to open the body up and be really receptive to the cleansing effect of the, the lemon and the Epsom salts, just drying out impurities, drying out the extra lactic acid. It's really good for um, if you're coming down with something or if you have gotten a massage or you did a really hard workout, but it's good just to relax. I recommend it right before you go to bed, 30 to 45 minutes as hot of water as you can stand. And don't use coconut you oil though. Yeah, don't use coconut, ra- don't use yeah, coconut Yeah, don't oil. use raw coconut oil, just fractionated because- in your pipes. Yeah, we've had, we've had friends that have had to replace 100, 150 feet of pipe in their house because it gets cooler oh. under the ground and it does go solid. So as soon as you get out of that bathtub, no, no. then you want to use the oils that your body needs. So if you're going right to sleep, um, a combination of equal parts of Roman chamomile, lavender, and vetiver are a really powerful, com- beautiful, beautiful combination for sleep. And you can put that in a carrier oil at six to eight drops for every one ounce and use that all over your body. Give yourself a nice foot massage before you go to bed just to just to re- just really close out the day. And um, and then the joyful Give one that I mentioned. Give myself a foot massage. No, that he's gonna just look right. He's looking right at me. What about yeah, maybe, maybe that maybe, means Andre give him a foot massage? Yeah, I kind of like that. That's kind of. But you know, hey, let's say that she needed one. You know, <laughs> you, <laughs> you can share. Yeah, you each extend yeah. a foot to each other. Go on the couch. There we yeah. go. There we go. Extend a yeah. foot to each other. Okay, I got. I feel like that could lead to other things too. I, That's exactly the point. Woo! Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have four babies. It's ah. it just happens. I got more None questions. Of them are I got lots of questions. I hear you. I hear you're trained. I'm a skeptic. I'm a very big skeptic, not of natural living, but just in general. So what are we going to say to the people who are listening that are like, great for you to have a personal trainer. Great for you to have all the financial capabilities to purchase all of these types of things and all these natural remedies and all this, um, you know, gym, personal training time. What can we say to people that are, do not feel like this is in their financial capabilities or is there a starting point there? That's a good question. Um, I was a banker. Yeah, I was a banker. I actually managed a bank for quite a while. And when we moved down, I quit my cushy corporate job. When we moved down to Marietta, Georgia to become a chiropractor, we were broke. I mean, living on student loans. With a capital B. We actually were on government assistance, had food stamps for a few years to help us, but we never compromised. And no, I didn't have a personal trainer then. No, Mm -hmm. we didn't have a $5,000 infrared sauna then, but I did the things I could do. And And we hiked. We went every weekend as a family and hiked. Everything. but you Cheap. Cheap. Local, local, there's these you fit gyms local to Kennesaw, 10 bucks. You can't afford $10 a month. 
I mean, mm-hmm. everyone can afford ten dollars mm-hmm. a month. That's that's yeah. one Starbucks now at this mm-hmm. point right. or two. Yeah. So anyway, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm very blessed and fortunate that we have gotten to a place after 13 years and after a business that we can enjoy some of the nicer things. But you can't afford a fifteen dollar bottle of lavender that will last you three months. Hmm. And I'll challenge people when they get our book, The Essential Oils Diet. We talk about that a lot because we're very sensitive to families on Mm -hmm. budgets because we were and still are on a budget. And um, I'll just tell you flat out, it's not more expensive. Like I'll never forget. I'll never forget the first time I went shopping when Sabrina was – was was out of town. I'll never forget the first time I went shopping and I saw the difference was when I bought food. Everything was fresh and natural and healthy, like everything. The only thing I had that was processed was a little natural, sweetened, sugary type of healthy cereal for the kids and toilet paper. Everything else was fresh. And the lady in front of me um, had everything not fresh. The only thing fresh in her in her cart was regular apples, not even organic, right? Regular apples, but her cart was filled. You know, on the carts, how people line the carts with sodas? Mm -hmm. Like her cart was lined with soda. Her child, and my heart still just aches for the fact that most, you know, the rate rate of obesity is is rampant. Her Mm -hmm. child was very much overweight, eating Oreos in in the living. He was like three. And she was overweight too. And I looked at her bill and it was just 20 bucks more than mine. I'm sorry, 20 bucks less than mine. Mm -hmm. And we had a whole cart full. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeding five people. She's probably feeding, what, three or four people. But her food was just all the hot pockets, all the Pop-Tarts, all the junk. Mm -hmm. And it dawned on me, you know what? I'm willing to spend 20, 30 bucks extra a week for groceries if that's all that it is. And that was my thought. Mm -hmm. And that was just, that that was a stark reality. And that's what people say when you stop the junk. And and this soda pop is such a waste of money. Mm-hmm. And the chips and all the things that people are just pouring money into, when you focus on healthier versions of that, it's very, very cost effective. And when we did our sampling of um, the essential oils diet with one of our, our groups, um, one of my girlfriends, and they have a family of five. And yeah, we had a te- we had a test group of eighty a, people. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a sixty day challenge, and this was this was profound. Yeah. yeah, and so she she kept track of every bit of her groceries because yeah. she was buying like junk gluten free stuff that was just filled with all this other stuff, yeah. and it was prepackaged, so it was a lot more expensive. So when when she was focused on more of the healthy foods, her bill was on average $50 cheaper, but then it got up to $75 cheaper mm-hmm. by just transitioning and then making those changes. And so eating it, less too. And eating less. She was, and that's the other thing. We yeah. teach people, you don't, Proper eat, portion sizes you don't and, need to be snacking all day. Yeah. You don't need to have five meals a day. And, and you really get this nice place where you start right. feeling better. And then, so yeah, you might not have the money to pay for a personal trainer, but you do have a friend, hopefully, or a loved one that wants to pay 10 bucks with you to go to the local UFIT gym or whatever. Right. And you do what you got to do. And I'll tell you, when we didn't, you know, I had been a group fitness instructor now for 20 years, but when we first got down here, um, I had, um, you know, I hadn't taught in a year. I'd had a baby and all of that stuff, but I started going to our gym and then I got hooked up with the team of instructors there and was able to be an instructor. So not only did they pay me to work out, but all of my kids had free childcare while I was paid to work out. And so we worked it out in a way that we made, we worked smarter, not harder. And then we spent time together, worked yeah. out together, hiked together, oh, did everything. That's a good point. The YMCA, yeah. your LA Fitness, all of them offer at least 
one to two hours a day of kid care, child care while you work out. Yeah. So the YMCA is super cheap too, y'all. So again, there are a million excuses and there yeah. are a million and one solutions. Give us one little glimpse into that essential oil diet as you like, you know, this is, this is something you're sharing a lot about right now. What's the opening? Like, wh- how does that begin for you? You know, it begins with food freedom. Hmm. I mean, we're, we're letting people know that it's okay to eat apples again and watermelon and grains aren't of the devil. And maybe we got to look at things a little holistically and with a different lens. Like we've, we've been duped in our, in our society and, and the ghost of Dr. Atkins still haunts us because we're so focused on carbs, calories, fats, and that has nothing to do with health. Absolutely nothing to do with health. It's about having a nice balanced, robust diet full of bioactive compounds. And what are those? Well, we should be talking more about these things. These are antioxidant rich plant-based chemicals like essential oils, polyphenols, carotenoids, things like, you know what they're called? Non-essential nutrients. You don't need these to live. You need carbs, calories, fats to live or you'll die. Hmm. But research has proven if you need a diet full of plant-based chemicals, you'll live, but you'll never have, quote, optimal health. And that's what we want. We don't want to have to go to the doctor. I mean, really, quite frankly, I don't want to. Uh, Thankfully, they're there for emergencies, but I don't want to be stuck on drugs. I don't want to have surgery. My my sister-in-law was just diagnosed with cancer, and we've lost our our close family and friends. We've lost four people in the last three years to cancer. I I don't want that. And if it happens, it happens. But you know what? I'm going to do my best to fight it. I have a follow-up to that, though, related to that, because I think um, I, I want to say this, because I think that there listeners that we have, there, I'm sure there's some marriages or partnerships or relationships where one person is very concerned for the other person. Yeah. And they're in this tension where I, I'm in a healthy place, but they're not. Yeah. And they recognize they need to change habits about their lifestyle. Maybe I've... It's probably the opposite way for us, but um, where, you know, like Andre has always been this very healthy person, every aspect of what comes in her body. And so she's had to educate me a lot, but there's this weird tension of like, am I nagging this other person? Am I making them feel guilty? Am I shaming them? But as a couple, how do you engage that? What advice would you give if you're that person that, yeah, I'm, I'm living a healthy lifestyle and I want my partner to join me in this, but I just don't know how to break through with them. You know, we've seen that a lot. And one of the biggest things um, is that a lot of times you have to lead by example because, um, and just tightening everything up even that, that much more. One of, um, it was so funny. She called her husband, Mr. Um, Donuts. And um, that's what she called him, Mr. Donuts. And she said, you know, I'm really trying to, you know, I've, I've, you know, identified the emotional triggers. I've done all of the work and I've walked through it and I'm on the other side so I can clearly see. And she's like, I want that for him so bad. And I'm like, well, listen, you are going to be the best example for all of that. And you know, he, it got to the place where he was like, man, I don't want you to leave me in the dust. What's going on here? Mm. What about this foods? It still tastes good. What's in it? You know, and then they started questioning and, and wanting to know. And across the board, most of the people, it has literally transformed what they've done by their example. You know, it's no different than religion. I mean, what if you, what if one of you were converted to Hinduism or 
or Christianity. And the other one's like, that's ah, not what we were when we met. What do you do? You live your life and you try to be a good example. And, and if you're really convicted that that's the way that you need to live, then hopefully your spouse will come. And so I really see this as health evangelism. And I've seen this. I've seen this in the church, especially the Christian faith. A lot of people come to Christ. They go to church and it, it gets a struggle at times. You know, what do you do on Easter? It's Easter Sunday coming up, right? Um, I'm going to, ki- I'm taking the kids to church. Well, dad stays home and doesn't go there. Like that's when it gets challenging. And so love, compassion. And when it comes to health, I think health is actually a little bit di- different. Converting someone to a healthy lifestyle, I think is a little different than converting them to a faith um, because it's easier to, to see. It's easier to manifest. It's like, my recommendation is to go to someone like I actually just went to Sabrina with very concern. I'm like, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about me and the kids. And this is why, and this is what I think we should do. And then you let it go. And then you just let that germinate, let that seed just kind of grow. And then in proper time, hopefully it'll, it'll come. But you know, at the end of the day though, and this is hard, it's really hard being a parent because I can't control my kids and my kids have freedom. You can't control your spouse. And, and if your spouse is on a, just a, a reckless mindset and they don't care if they're smoking, if they're abusing drugs or alcohol or eating bad foods, yeah. that's on them. It really is a, but it's your job to love and support them and hopefully really come from a place of compassion and like, look, I, I really want to live the rest of my life with you and not have to suffer through those old years. Mm -hmm. And we hope that will work. We hope that will work. One of the things I've seen too, is that, um, you know, cause I, I coached the internet at the international school of Santa Claus and, um, ho, 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 Santa. (laughs) Yes. Every fall I I coach over 300 Santas and Mrs. Clauses, um, on and healthy, living and lifestyle, um, fitness and, um, all kinds Who of different things, would have thunk? which would be like a negative. I mean, the more healthy they are, that kind of takes them out of their job. They're jolly. They're bit, jolly. Right? Saint Listen, Nick. I always tell them yeah. you, you can wear the fat suit. You don't need to be <laughs> the fat suit. Okay. So, um, but <laughs> the thing, the yes. thing that, um, I found overall, you know, was, that so many of the Santas were dying. And that's why we put in the health, fitness, and lifestyle and the workout Mm -hmm. class. And, you know, for a lot of them, it took, you are diabetic, you are um, precancerous, you are this. And it was kind of a medical emergency that caused them to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or their doctor. And then it just happened to be the right timing that, you know, that we were able to connect. And I have seen them just put some of these things into place and, um, and seen them lose a lot of weight, um, be happier, healthier, getting off of some of their, um, medicines and other things like that. And so, and that's what it's all about. It's just trying to be our best self and being able to push forward. And that doesn't happen overnight. We know, you know, but man, I had two Santas come up to me and they said, look at us. And I was like, you guys look great. And they were like, between the two of us, we lost two people. <laughs> and, um, and you're making them do exercises, And I right? make them do exercises. And you're like, touch your toes. You're like, I haven't seen my toes in 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the cool thing is, is that they can work out at any fitness level. And it's about just connecting yes. with them with where they're at 
and giving them real workable strategies, like, you know, getting their phone out working or pedometer and doing 15,000 steps a day. And boy, I had a Santa Claus. We, We were getting ready for exercise class last year. He walks in the door. He goes, look, look, look. I just walked in and it's 15,001. I made it already. Mm-hmm. And oh, um, so, you know, just, and when they get to that place, they're going to know who to go to, to ask what to do right. or to connect with them or be able to walk that voyage awesome. out when something health related happens. Hashtag skinny Santa. There we go. <laughs> I love, I love that story. I think, I think that is such a good story. All right. Well, we are coming to our final question. And so we just want to ask the question we ask everybody. Is it possible to both pursue your passions, uh, stay in love and raise a healthy family? Yes. And you need to grow with each other and have your spouse's passions become your passion. I think that's Hmm. the key. Hmm. And that's the key is when I started becoming very much interested and I actually became a pageant judge because Sabrina's competing for the Mrs. Georgia pageant in June at the Roswell Cultural Ooh, Center for look those of you who are local. Girl. Root on Mrs. Georgia here June 9th. Working um, it. When, and I'll tell you this, when I denied that of her, when I was, because I was, I was raised in a, in a very bigoted, judgmental environment and my dad used to make fun of pageant girls and pa- we never watched Miss America. When I met her, you know, pageant queen. I mean, this is what she did for many years of her life. And so when she told me she wanted to compete for Mrs. Georgia, I, I scoffed. I was like, right now it's, that's vain. And that's ridiculous. I'm not going to have my wife up there in a bathing suit. Like that was the first thought that came to me that put such a rift between our marriage. That was a wall. I mean, that was a brick wall with barbed wire on both sides in the bottom. And then really just over a course of me, just, just becoming more in tune with myself and falling in love with her more realizing that I need to support her. And so I did. And you know what? I went through the motions at first just mm-hmm. to do it. And then my, you know, like she, you always say, what, what does Norman Vincent yeah, Peel Norman say? Yeah, Norman Vincent Peel um, always said, throw your heart over the bar and your body, soul, and mind will follow. And that's what I did. And so I mm-hmm. really started helping her. I started working a little bit extra to afford those ridiculously expensive passion dresses. And I did what I could do to help her. And I became a judge and I started learning the technique. And I'm like, okay, now we're interviewing together. And, and this is part of her pageant training. I'm like, hey, I'm going to get you on but a bunch cool of interviews. Thing is- is, is without so all invested. that pageant training, I wouldn't have been able to do the interviews. Yeah. And so this is on the other side, it's just sharpened those skills that much more for the pageant. And, you know, one thing about it was that he realized was, you know what, like no matter what, what woman it is, you know, we all still have goals. We all have passions and it's a good platform to be able to reach people that we wouldn't normally be able to reach in order to showcase those all the while keeping very balanced, um, because you have to focus on so many different areas. So it just helped to, you know, um, sharpen those things. But I definitely feel like between the two of us working together has been one of the best things because we've really been able to see each other in our strong suits, um, our, our pluses and be able to really take that and not only utilize it together, but actually see it while it's in action and be side by side when it happens so that each one of us is able to grow in our own ways, which are different but being able to be each other's cheerleader right by the side. I love that pageant story. I do too. I I was thinking as he, as he was sharing that, like 
the story of us kind of gaining a passion for Jada's um, dance. Like neither one of us are dancers. Our daughter's really into dance. And she literally said to us, dad, this is my passion. She said that nice. she's a nine year old, you know, and it's That's like, love it. But it, but in the midst of it, like <laughs> I'm I was, like a tomboy. Yeah. I, like, you know, we played sports, whatever. And so, so I, I kind of like, as yeah. you were sharing that, I was thinking about that for our kids also, like, no. like as, as you, you know, we become a fan of it because of her. And because we right. love that person. Yeah, and seeing that come out within her. I thought and that was such that a great story. you need that stuff outside of work, right? right? If all we had was work and then we lived their own separate lives, mm-hmm. that's, that's hard. And so now that we have these projects outside of work, I mean, we're truly living a lot of our life together in a lot of different ways. We're not with each other every day, every moment, right? But mm-hmm. that's special. So we have, and so it can be very practical. I mean, how many wives that I know suck it up and they sit next to their husband during football season, just watch a game, even though they hate football, like, <laughs> you know, do that. If that's your husband's thing, and if you work together. Or be together, like me and cook in the kitchen and have people over while it's those. He has other people to sit by and I can visit <laughs> yeah. with the other people. But that and helps make work food. though. That helps everything though. Because yeah. now when you're working together, you can talk about yesterday's game. You can talk mm-hmm. about the pageant. You can, again, it helps shop talk. And it helps just daily interaction when you have more to more involved than just bills and, you know, yeah. employees and deadlines and stuff yeah. like that. So. And now it's time for the breakdown. So what did you enjoy? Are you a, are you a believer now of essential oils? Did they, did this like convert you? I don't know. I need to think about it. I just, I, I mean, feel we like literally I, just got off the phone with them and I'm, and I'm thinking about it. I think. I feel like you might need to read the book. Yeah. I think, um, it's not that I don't believe in essential oils. That's the interesting thing. It's you p- position that question like, do you believe in it or don't you believe in it? It's not that I don't believe in it. Um, the other side of me, though, kind of, I think some of some of the discussion for me is in relation to how many things do I want to add to my life. Like, I know, but when she was all talking about the bath and the massage, you were like, "Oh yeah, this is what I want to do." I like that. I think if I just had a bottle where I could put some things in the bath and I don't have to actually create a recipe, maybe there's a thing I could buy where it's just like a thing that's it's already, already out. done for you. That seems more doable <laughs> for me. The idea of putting together a recipe to make a bath. Like mixing a concoction. Right. That's a little too much. I just want to get in the bath. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like there's parts of it that like the minimalist side of me wants to like not have to do too much to be healthy. Is that a weird thing to say? Oh, Lord. I am rolling my eyes. So let's let's move on. What is what is something that you did enjoy about our conversation? I enjoyed a lot of things. I liked what Dr. Z said about your spouse's passion becoming your passions. And at the very end, I thought that was really insightful. And I and I was thinking, and I shared a, a a lot about our kids and their passions becoming passions of ours. I think that that's just a beautiful um, example of selflessness in relationship with the people you love most. Like that, it's not like. Is he? Would he have ever in his mind ever cared about pageants? No, because that's not his interest at all. But then, because of his love for her, it became an interest of his. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think that's I, a really cool thing. I a hundred percent agree. I think like my feminist side kind of pushes back of like 
it's okay to have your own thing. It's okay for me to like something that you don't like. And like, I will always enjoy riding horses and you probably won't. But um, I would just say that I guess it's okay. But I mean, I did rescue you from a horse one time. <laughs> We're not even going to go into this story. So, but I do agree. I think, I think what I more agree with is the supportive interest. Like if like for you saying like if my thing is horses, I'm just saying. Yeah. Then you would be like, okay, let's find ways that you can ride a horse. Though we live in the city of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Where it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that has to become your life passion. I don't really care necessarily, but that you would support me in the way of like finding ways or finding time or that type of thing. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I, it's interesting. I don't know that I agree with you on your debate in this a little bit. I think, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because I think Look it's honest. Pushback, I like it. When you said, well, my inter your interests don't have to be my interests. I, that's fair. Um, but in relationship, I think part of this is putting ourselves in environments to celebrate what the other person loves. And there's something selfless and encouraging. And nice. what's funny about that is sometimes in the midst of it, you end up becoming more passionate. I think that's his point yeah, is you become more that. passionate than you th ever thought you'd be because you are willing to not be selfish in that moment and to celebrate the passion of the person you love. Yeah. And so to kind of jump to the stage where you said, it's like, well, that can just be your thing. I'm like, no, this is part of relationship because you love it. I'm going to support it and I'm going to learn in that. And does it, does it mean that I'm always going to 100%? It's not necessarily always going to be my passion, but to be honest, like, because you love it, I'm going to do it. And that's, but there's been scenarios in both of our lives where yeah. that's been the case. It's true. Now there's things that we both love that we don't do. And that's, I think what you're kind of getting at is, um, I don't know. It doesn't have to always become a passion of each of ours. Yes. I think we're both saying that we agree with each other just in different ways. So let's talk about one other thing that I really liked. I liked when he talked about that we are kind of all under construction and to be able to give each other the space and grace and to find our way. And I think that goes really with the fact that like maybe one spouse is um, more on the health aspect and one might not be. Right. And that tension that that can build with a lot of people. Um, I mean, you're a lot healthier than me. Yes. <laughs> that sometimes causes tension with us. Um, and so... Um, but yeah, just, I liked rem just remembering that like, okay, so I might be more healthy in that way, but there's other ways that you are much more evolved and developed than I am that I need to work on. Um, and, and it might not necessarily be like exercise, but it could be something else. So, yeah, that's true. I think that's good. I think it is hard though. I think that is a real tension in a lot of listeners like that there's, um, one person that is pushing towards a place in progress and the other person is not at the same place as them. And that's a real tension that I think happens in marriage. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I like what their advice was, was that you're not, I mean, in short, they were kind of saying, you're not going to instantly change them. You need to love them. Wherever they are. Wherever they are. Yeah. Um, and then, man, 
Fat Santa, skinny Santa. What a hilarious <laughs> story. I have literally never I, heard of that uh, in my life. Like At first, when there, she was there's sharing, an I was international. Jo- I she was joking a little bit. I know. The internet, what was it called? International Santa Organization or something? They get together at the North Pole. <laughs> You're a dork. <laughs> but, like, I just never heard of that. The Association the, of Santa yeah. People. And then that the, she's trying to get them to be healthier and more skinny. I think it's amazing. Great quote. Wear the fat suit. Don't be the fat suit. <laughs> wow. That was kind of, I mean, that was straight to the point. Kind of mean, but I mean, I give it. There she is. Straight wow. to it. Um, well, that was really fun. I think I, I am going to try an essential oil. I'm going to try <laughs> one. Oh, my goodness. If you were to boil down all the essential oils to one essential oil, I wonder what they would have said the most essential oil would be. I don't know, but I think for you with your stress factors, you should have some lavender in your life. Essentially, what I'm saying is we're (laughs) wrapping up this podcast. We are so thankful you're here with us now, right now. Listen, give us a review on the podcast and uh, join us again next week. We'll see you soon. This episode was produced by DJ Obdiggy for Soul Graffiti Productions.